Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Colker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Bromwich, John Rojas, another packed week of Major League Soccer. We're going to break down New York City FC. Guys, we want to start with New York City and Columbus. Uh, this is a, a tough one, Glenn, for City fans to swallow. They get the early lead. Two great chances after they score the first goal to make it 2 nothing, they can't take advantage of the opportunity. And uh, the name Zellerion will forever live in New York City lore for the wrong reasons. Two free kick goals, one in the literal last minute of play in stoppage time, the game winner. Uh, and Columbus escapes with a 2-1 win against New York City FC. Just uh, I, I don't know what your immediate thoughts were after the match, but that one was that was hard to, to swallow afterward because New York City had their chances early. But two special free kicks, uh, and Columbus gets all three points. Well, I, I felt like I coached the game, and Matty Lawrence felt like he played the game. We were both uh, pretty agitated <laughs> at the end of the match because it was just one of those. It, it was you know based on the first half, and that's what you always say: it's ninety minutes, and you have to put in the full shift. And uh, it was a tale of two halves, uh, and uh, nonetheless. Uh, New York City committed fouls that were certainly one was unnecessary. I think the second free kick uh, was quite a goal, and it was set up by Zellerion with a little flick head on a combination with Zardis, which Ibiaga kind of stumbled and, and committed the foul. But I would, that, that was a really good tight play at the top of the area, so no disputing that. But Goody committed a, a useless foul, uh, which uh, led to the, uh, the first goal from 25 yards, and then it, I don't know how much <laughs> we we spent a lot of time talking about the wall that or the facsimile thereof where this shot came from nearly straight away angled just to the right. And I don't know, you know, I, I do plan to ask Ronnie about it on Thursday when I have my chance to record our pregame. Uh, he had as far as I know, he hasn't been asked about it yet, but there were only two players in the wall. Normally, you'd have four or five in there from that angle. Uh, there was. Really, there was confusion from the start. Maxi Morales must have turned around and looked at Sean Johnson half a dozen times to try to get the the feel for where he wanted him. My whole thing was, why is five foot three Maxi Morales in the wall from that distance? Everyone in the world knew that Zellerion was going to shoot that. So you know, Maddie's crying for four six footers, and it was like, uh, you know, it was just a, it was an unfortunate. Uh, lack of discipline at that point or organization and whatever you want to call it 
But the set piece defensive organization, uh, look, the ball was struck very well. Uh, would he have gotten it over the wall and passed Sean Johnson anyway? Uh, it, it looked kind of like the way he struck it, it would have hit whoever was on that where there should have been a person in the wall. The second one, you know, I have no argument with how that was taken and scored. Uh, just really brilliant. So, yeah, Zellerion did it. Uh, you're, you're right, Tom. There were there were really three uh, fantastic chances after uh, the first goal uh, w- was scored. And uh, two for Medina and one for Castellanos, because the one uh, that might got forgotten about Medina is uh, Andres Jason tried to serve the ball, popped high into the air, but right to the feet of Medina, who was just in front of room. And Josh Williams made a sliding tackle, which, uh, you know, at the end of the day might have been a game saver. So, look, I just look at the standings. It's going to be a, a, a hell of a summer for the top seven spots in the MLS yeah. conference. And uh, there are no, <laughs> no shoe ins. You got new England at the top of the table right now doing well. They just signed Carlos heel, which is uh, big news for them. Um, well, yeah. Let's get, let's break know. down the whole table in a little bit, but let's, uh, let's go yeah. on. The no, I, I wanna, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just saying yeah. the, no, uh, it's a good the point. Summer I of to... 21 is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. No, it's a good point. I wanted to bring up the table anyway, but Roberto, go ahead. Yeah. Um, that was a tough one to watch and, and, and watch New York City g- give away points again because that, that's what they've done. And now it's a couple of games in a row where, where this has happened. Uh, Sean Johnson's a very good goalie. He's been national team goalie. Uh, he still might be in the mix for uh, Gold Cup. We'll see uh, when that happens. Uh, but if it's the goalie's job to organize a wall and put a wall together, uh, then this is on him. And it's 100%. And there's two things. First of all, how do you put a wall of two people knowing Sedarayan from that distance is going to shoot? There's, I don't know of anybody who thought that he was going to actually cross that ball into the box when he's one of the deadliest free kick takers we have in this league. And you put two guys on the wall, and one of them being Maxi Morales. You just can't do that. I mean, that's a massive blunder. And then you see that he's actually fooled by the shot because he actually takes a step to his right and the shot goes to his left. He actually, if he had actually read the shot correctly, if he or guessed, I don't know if he read or guessed or what he did, but uh, he actually had a shot at it. But, you know, it didn't. He didn't. And so it's a massive, it's a massive blunder in that, in, in that chance. Because you can't have a two-man wall there. You just can't. And, you know, as much as we've praised him for all the good things that he's done, you know, he's got to take some heat for this. Unless somebody else took the responsibility of saying this is a type of wall in this situation and based on scouting reports or whatever, and they told him that this is what has to be done. That we don't know, and that's what we're going to have to find out. But, I mean, that's just a massive blunder. And, And then, but that's only part of it. The other part of it, it goes back to what Glenn said in the first half. They got the goal, very nicely taken by Tajuri Shradi off a really nice toe poke pass by Valentin Castellanos. That was a really nice assist by him to be able to pick him out and put the ball right in the right place. And for Shradi to hit that with his right foot, which is not his, uh, his strong foot. So, I mean, that's a really well-taken goal, and it's a nice play. But they had a whole bunch of other opportunities in which they missed, and they, they missed badly. Sometimes by trying to get it to their favorite foot, 
sometimes by just taking a little bit too long, sometimes by just mishitting the ball. There was just so many opportunities that they had that they wasted. And, you know, Adiel and I talked about it during the game and at halftime, and he was like, you know, these chances are going to come back and haunt you. And the margin of error in MLS, especially the Eastern Conference right now, is very, very little. And so if you don't take advantage of these opportunities, and then they're going to come back and they're going to bite you in the butt. And that's what it is. And another thing about Tati Castellanos, the pressure is on him now. This, you know, he's not, he's no longer a $300,000 player. Now he's making designated player money. You're making that sort of money to be your number nine on the team. And then you've got to be able to put the ball in the back of the net when you get your opportunities, because that's what you're being paid for. And now you're being paid elite money in this league. Again, in this league, you're being paid elite money to do that. So there's more pressure on him. Or he's just not a great finisher yet. And will well, he ever pay? But but they're paying. No, I'm saying him you're. No, no, no I, that, that has nothing to. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't. I don't necessarily think he's feeling the pressure of the. If anything, the pressure has been alleviated from him to get a deal done. He, listen, Roberto. No, no, he's, uh, he's I, missed, I disagree. I'll disagree with that. You can disagree all you want, but he's missed chances like that since he arrived at New York City FC. Look, Castellanos has grown as a player. His play yes. with with the back back to goal. His ability to read, keep it, knock it, and do things. I mean, you know, early on when he first became a striker, remember he was a winger, when he became a striker, he struggled with his back to the goal with decisions. But now he holds up, flick on. Absolutely, you know, and he that's really... why he's earned, which is why he's earned a raise. Part of the reason, a good part of the reason, is why he's earned a raise, because of the fact that he's become a much better player. But now that you've got that status and you've been rewarded for it, you're being rewarded. Now you're being paid an amount of money that says, hey, we need you to score a lot of goals, which, you know, he had four games in a row this year, six games in a row, eight goals going back to last year. And so he has been. But now yeah, he was the player of the magnified. month. He was right. the player of the month at MLS for their last month last exactly. year. But because now that you're getting all that extra money, no, it's I, magnified. I, but That's he's my been- point. My point is, is he's not an elite finisher. Okay. I mean, that's my but point. But he's got to become that a little bit quicker now. Well, the opportunity is going to be there. You can't he's become an elite finisher. You can't become an elite finisher because I gave you 10 bucks when you were earning five. It, it doesn't just happen, man. What do you, I, I, don't, I get that. Yeah, but you're talking about expectations because he has all this money. That's. You can't. They That's don't the league. Together. They don't work together. You don't become a good striker because they just gave you some extra cash. But anyway, no. But they gave him the extra cash because he's become a good striker. Okay. He's, if not, they're not paying him. Yeah. Well, you two have to disagree to disagree. No, Let's no. Get... He's a, he's a better player. I'm I, I I'm talking about this. Well. You're making DP money, so you better start scoring goals. It ain't going to work that way, man. Just, no, I know. I get that. But I'm just saying that the pressure, there's more pressure now, and there should I be don't... more pressure now. All right. I don't it shouldn't think be the pressure. same. He can't work okay. any harder. He can't work any I'm harder. I'm not asking this craft. him to work harder. And it's not, not about no. working harder. I'm saying you're in training and finishing and a bag of balls at the end of training. He can't work any harder. I know so that. But it's will about, he eventually it's a, it's become. About... Will it's he become results. 15 to 20 in a it's season? Will he become 20 to 25, which is really DP forward money, 20 to 25. But well, anyway, he's got to be. Well, will he, he might get there. Well, I, I hope he does, man. I like well, him. So, so, so right. do I. We, we love the guy. John, go All ahead, right. man. 
John Rojas. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> you can get into that if you want, or you can go back to the game. How yeah. much uh, how much salt I'm, are we I'm, sprinkling on this week's effort? Yeah, no, I mean, let, let me let me just close a little bit that idea because I think, I mean, Glenn is Glenn is totally right. I mean, we knew the guy is not a killer. He's not a top finisher. We knew that, we saw that, we have proofs, the team has proofs, and they decided to give him a better contract, not because he's going to become a better finisher, not because he's going to become the top goal scorer. They wish that happened. But you don't pay for wishes. You pay for effectiveness. You pay for results. And they're paying because he is a totally good forward, not a finisher. So you don't blame something that is happening since day one and he's being improving, not necessarily on finishing, he's being improving on all other areas of his game, okay? So if you're sitting, analyzing the roster, analyzing the games and, and seeing what New York City FC is doing and needs, they do not have a killer, period. They don't have it. They don't have a killer. He and and the thing is, John, he leads he leads the league in shots. So some of those he creates on his own. Some of them are combined, and then some of them are poor shot selection. Look at the the goal scored, and it was a it was a wonderful square pass. Came out of the mistake, yes. But it, but that shot that was exactly. never that shot never had a chance. There were two defenders there, not one. I know Nagby blocked it, but there were two guys there. And it was and uh, there's another there's another one in the second half. He takes a long shot when he has, I think it's Tajudi Shradi coming to the right yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Somebody had overlapped. Wide open yeah. and he decided to take the long shot. I mean, those kind right, of things. So he's are still happening. working on those decisions, but you know, and that's important. And and you like a guy to have that mentality to to I, you know, I'm gonna finish this. You know, you need and, and that mentality came, to be a finisher. He, he came running all the way from his position to someone to pick up a ball, to push a guy, recover and restart, reset the play for the team. So yeah. the effort is there. He's giving it, you know, he's putting his body on the line. We know that. Even his mentality is getting better. He's not fighting that much anymore with the right. referees and all that right. stuff. Yep. He's better and better, and better and better. But he I'm is agreeing. not a finisher, period. He is not a top finisher. Most of the occasions that he's having right now are by default because the system works for that number nine, not for him itself to whoever is playing that position. That is the system. That's how they're playing right now, okay? So it's, it's, it's just the fact he is not a great finisher and it's not going to happen because of the contract, period. I'm not now, saying that it's going to happen because of the contract. I'm just saying that there's more pressure because he's making more money. If it happens not. or not, that's a different story. I'm just saying there's, there's more pressure because in this league, when you're a DP, the same thing applied to Medina. But we applied the same thing to Medina for the past three years, that if you're earning that much money, you've got to perform better. Pressure are like um, like doubts, like people's care. Like that's totally individual. He may not need it. He may not feel it because he wanted a better contract. Maybe Palmeiras gave him what he needed, excuse to get a better contract. And he got it now. So he's out of pressure now. He's feel you know, liberated, and he, he and that may help him, by the way. Feeling yep. that pressure release may help him down the road. I don't know. We don't know. That's totally individual. There's no way to analyze and, and to either criticize or defend pressure because it's totally individual. You don't see that. That is in each person and in a different, it manifests in a different ways. 
the fact is the team is losing a lot of chances when they have control of the game. And as a result, they letting points go by. We said, and I said it in, in the previous show, if NYCFC shows a progression, they should handle Columbus crew in a good way, in a nice manner, because NYCFC is working a lot more on construction, right? Is doing more with the ball than what Columbus crew is doing right now. And Columbus crew was having the doubt of Celerayan or not, right? Playing this game. Now, Robert, did you mention about you have in front of, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you, um, Label seller I am when it comes to the to the set piece. A freaky what? A killer? Uh, something like that? Specialist? One of the, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's one of he's one of the better he's one of the better okay. free kick takers in this league. You know how many goals he has from from key, from free kick in all his career? Six. Okay. You know you know how many he scored on Sunday, right? Two. Okay. You know how many he has in MLS? taking last games, two. So he came into the game scoring two goals from free kick, okay? And I think it can go both ways. I mean, sometimes as a goalkeeper, you do that, you set up a small wall from a long shot distance, used to call him, right? Show it at me, shoot it at me. I'm here, it's you and me basically, because it's a long distance, it may happen. Right. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Is there any chance? Is there any chance? Because you've heard about keepers that, you know, there, there's a trend. Not, it's not a trend because I, I haven't seen it. But I know some keepers have talked about, you know, eliminating the wall so they could see everything and make the save. Again, it's indiv- exactly. It's individual. But in, in this case, the point is, either way, Aeson Johnson, he lost it. He decided to have this kind of wall. And if he did it, calling the taker to put it on him, he lost. And if he didn't by mistake, he lost. So it was on him, totally on yeah. him. John, I just can't remember a time where I, you know, we've seen so much of Sean Johnson. He always makes so many athletic plays where he's been caught flat-footed like that. Exactly. It happens. Well, the ball swerved. It, I mean, no, I, I know it, it definitely took a, it definitely dipped and was magical. But I'm just saying, he's usually so athletic that he can at least react. But we, we see that, yes, um, with, with, with Tom's point, we see that here and there with, with Johnson. I mean, he is a really good keeper, but here and there we're seeing some kind of mistake that what's going on with him right now. You know, one blonde out of the nowhere, no one is expecting it, and, and it happens. And to be a top quality keeper, you cannot have those kind of blunts. It's, it's, it's not conceivable to have them. Now, I'm not putting everything on him, okay? The system is still, we talk about the progression, and I did not see that progression. And part of the game, we're still having a passing network that do not use the left side of the field for anything. The connection between Ideaga and, and, and Guri is unexistent. There's no passing between Ideaga and, and, and Guri. Yeah, you can you cannot live with that. You cannot be balanced with that. You cannot. Well, uh, but, but Ibiaga, you can't. 
but Sebastian is more, he, you know, he's a, he's a, a good, you know, he's a real pure defender. You know, he's a defender. He's not a ball playing center back. So you have that number one, he's right footed. So you have that number two, uh, at training on Thursday. I don't know if you noticed this Roberto, but at the end of training, because he was all set to play left center back at training on Thursday. And it was, uh, I think it was Nick Cushing, the assistant, yeah, it was Nick. He just had a bag of balls and he kept playing the ball out wide. Johnson was receiving with his left and, you know, taking that positive heavy touch into the attack and then playing a ball out to the left and then came back. Well, Glenn, so he was working on it, but it's certainly it's it's like a it's unnatural. He's in an but, unnatural position. But and, you need to to the two ends of the you need to two ends to connect the passing. I mean, how come? Well, sure. In some capacity, he connected with Keaton, for example. In some capacity, he connected with, I mean, of course, with James, you know. Uh, but there's no connection. There's no passing. I mean, the amount of passing between Maxime and Andrew and Jason is, you know, it's enormous. It's a lot. Yeah. And you don't see even one on the other side of the field. You can't you can have that. Andre, you mentioned Andres Jason. At one point, I don't know if you know, at one point, uh, Columbus had uh, committed seven fouls. Jason had suffered five of those seven. I mean, he went and, he, and he, he drew a couple of yellow cards and he was having some fun on that flank. But, uh, you know, we were he, at half. There was seven fouls total. I don't know how much fun that is. He got, he got, he fouled him seven different times. Oh, he had fun. You like uh, getting but, but For a young kid, that makes him important. Exactly. If you're the oh, young kid, you that's feel that's I'm, in the, I'm in the game. I I'm think that, that, I think that elevated play. his play. Yeah, I, I agree, John. It elevated his play. But at, at the end of everything, if you, if you overall evaluate Andres Jason, not really anything got done. You know, there were no, you know, other than that one service that was deflected high into the air and Medina had a chance, nothing else came from some of the things that he was doing, whether he got in, uh, was working things. And, and you know, the, those chances created are the next step for him. So, John, if you look at it, I, I hear what you're saying. So not much happening on the left, if anything, and then a lot more on the right, but really not not with productivity. So, no, yes, that's true. But but not even on the concept of producing, but on the concept of balancing your play. I mean, sure. the, the, the opposition team is going to move with the ball, correct? Yeah. And if your ball is not going to your left side, then it's easy for them used to angle the team to the right side and forget about the other side. So you're easy for me. I don't even run the wide of the field because you're not even passing that way. So it's, you know, in that sense is, is, is what is a lot of worrisome because again, there is no progression that we've seen this in different games. Same thing happening in different uh, games, even without Ibeaga being there. So that's yeah, why but, I'm saying you need uh, the two ends right. of the of the pass. Well, that's got to continue to be evaluated. Uh, the I'm looking at the passing network now. I hadn't looked at it, John. Yeah, it's leaning far to the right, very yeah. far to the right. Totally um, right. But, Glenn, one thing, and Roberto and, and, and Tom, because I don't want to forget about this. I don't think is. I don't think it's luck, and I don't think it's, it's a coincidence. But once Maxi Morales came into the field, the, the interventions, the importance, and the influence of Celerajan 
on their play started to grow. And I think it has to be with that working midfielder in which you need the pressure, you need the people moving, and you understand that right now you don't have that out of Maxi. I don't say it's his fault. I'm saying nobody tried to cover the ground and to make that pressure and that presence that you're losing when Max is in and uh, Easy was out. Or for some reason, the team was leaning towards I know, trying to get another goal maybe and forgot about this, you know, the right. center of the field. But Celerayan started to be more influential on the play. Forget about the set pieces, but on the play of Columbus crew. And that gave them life. I mean, you got your talented guy on the ball more often and connecting more often than you have life. Well, we've got one more game to go, boys, before I give my uh, initial full about Remember, seven <laughs> games. I said seven games. You said seven. And Alfredo Morales, uh, you know, let's hope he's ready for LAFC because I, I think a couple, I, I still think he's the kind of guy which, John, if Maxi comes into the game for Shradi, you know, you're not going to have to worry about those things you're talking about. And I don't care who's in front of him. He is the one who is going to dictate that. Yes. So those guys in front of him are going to be free to work. And maybe with a better defender in that position, Kacha Acevedo, you know, he, he's just not ready for uh, all the different um, things that he has to confront as a lone he, six because he's a lone six, essentially. Right. But he, there, you know? he, he has grown, Glenn. Oh, no, he's better. On, on, on his minutes. I mean, he has grown a lot on his I, minutes. I, I agree. I mean, he's, a, he's becoming a more complete player in, in our, you know, right in front of us. But I just think the, the, the wear and tear on him sort of being by himself there, uh, the conditions of the game, three at the back. I think Ibiaga and Chano were shot by the end of that game. So all those things combined, and now in front of the goal, you're, you know, there's fouls being – because there were other fouls committed. Uh, Ibiaga had more than just that one. So, you know, don't, there's these little things that, uh, you know, personnel-wise certainly could have um, – look, I, I was – John, I hear everything you're saying about the right side, the progression. I thought there was progress as far as uh, the overall connectivity, uh, the overall dominance of the game, getting chances, creating, you know, let's face it, they created four big chances in the first half. That's generally a, an okay amount against a good opponent. And, uh, and Columbus had their, other than Milton Valenzuela not being on the pitch, they had their number one team out there. They had their, you know, yeah. they had their group out there. And, and New York City kicked their butt in the first half. I mean, up and down and sideways and every other way. But the fact they didn't get the second and third goal, Columbus came out. Zella Rayan, who was invisible in the first half, became more part of it in the second. And it was the last half hour where the game was won because they were well, wearing is, down the Yeah. The, uh, the, thing, the thing with that progression, Glenn, and I see it, that's true. I mean, there's more connections. There are more, you know... Uh, presence at the end on the box and, and situations to take right. shots, even if they are, you know, not on frame or even if they are blocked, but still only from one side. And that makes you predictable and you need to be sure. aware of that. And it's not the first time that it happens. But in the same way, the team managed Columbus that well, that if you go through the goal expectations, Columbus was supposed to score half of a goal while New York City FC was supposed to score one and a half. Yeah. Yep. And they scored two. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, when are we? Uh, I, I, is the time to to release Malde Amundsen and and see get give him a full match and see what he can do? I, I mean, there's got to be a point. Uh, look, we, I'm sure the uh, the technical staff sees the 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 lack of balance, and you, you know, at some point, uh, there's got to be there's got something's got to happen. I mean, Keaton Parks is essentially playing almost a left wing out of that eight, and uh, you know he. He needs help. Well, the thing is also that, I mean, at this point, didn't everybody expect Malde Aldmanson to be the starting left back? Probably. I, I, yeah, I expect. And he was signed. I mean, yeah. that's what they brought him in here for, right? They didn't bring him in as a backup for Goody. But, you know, credit that's to That's my expectation. Yeah, but, but beyond that, expect- I know the I'm expectation, sorry. but what's happening in training? I mean, Ronnie Dial is going to wait until he feels like he's ready, you know, and if – if, if he's getting his ass kicked in training, you know, by other people, then, you know, maybe he hasn't earned it yet. I don't know. Well, you also have Chris Gloucester, who played the right side, uh, coming in late. So, I mean, that guy was brought in to play the same position as well. And as you said, the team has to be looking at the heat map and understanding, you know, which way the ball is and why it isn't spread more evenly. And we also understand... I mean, we could understand this, especially when you had uh, Anton Tinnerholm playing, who we expected to start, and then all of a sudden wasn't even on the 18. So when Tinnerholm's there, I mean, he's one of the best offensive players that the team has. A lot gets dis- lets, a lot gets done through him, uh, the team becoming right-sided because he is so effective at what he does. So it's slightly understandable. But now he hasn't been there for the past couple of games. And even with Andres Jason, and it's still a right-sided team. It is just really weird that, uh, that they continue to go there and don't, don't trust the left side. So if you're seeing that at some point when he's supposed to be an offensive player because they're not playing four in the back now, he's playing three in the back, and he's really midfield going forward as opposed to midfield coming back more than anything else, then he, he's an attacking player. And so you need somebody who's actually really going to attack from that side. I don't think there's a reluctance to play to that side of the field. I just think it hasn't. It it doesn't. The the, the attack isn't developing. You know well, whether it's, it's uh, just well, there's got to be a reason for that, isn't there? It's yeah, but they're not. There's not mental. a reluctance. I mean, but they're not like not looking that way. I mean, you know, I just think no. where's, you know. Have to take a closer look at it. We'd have to get the uh, technical cam out to see really what's going on. Now here. that will be. Yes, and, and I guess the, the thing is what is coming. I mean, remember, Glenn, we spoke about breaking the season in parts. One, with the team that they have available to start the season, and then you mentioned the seven games. Then we say when everybody's in, right, with, with the new additions. Pretty much cool. which is June 19th. Of, yeah, their next right? game uh, against New England. Let, let's say after the break, after the yeah. international break. Right. And then the last part, when you have everybody – Plus, ever, ever, yeah, correct, yeah. Because if you, right. because if you, because if you say it, if you see it right now, I mean, Thales is supposed to play that position. I mean, you can, you know, the, the lineup that you can create with him, right, is is basically what you have right now, and, and instead of Goody, you you play him in, correct. Either that, or you go to a four-three-three, and correct. Then it's a full four-three-three, like a real wing. Correct, and that and that will bring then the other addition into consideration, 
correct? Because you have not only Talis that is probably the one that is closer, but then you got Tiago, who's just getting into the country. He probably gonna have to go to you know, he probably not, he will have to go to quarantine and then start playing, uh, training with the group. And then it take a little bit longer, I guess, for him. So, and he is again, another winger, correct? Yeah. With right. You know, they're going to want to try to figure oh, him oh. out because he, I, right. and it he's sounds like he'll be the paciest guy they have. Right. The thing here is most of his, most of his career, he has been playing as a left winger, even though, his preferred foot is his right foot. He's been playing as an inverted winger, mm-hmm. which Thales is a lefty. So basically you have the two Brazilians on the wings right now, right? Yeah. Correct? I, when are we, I, I'm looking forward to the three Brazilians up top. They got to do that before the end of the year whenever it gets back. At, oh, hey, yeah, at some point. Is there any chance sure. Thales will be available this weekend or for LAFC? I will. Uh, I will say so. Yeah. Well, it depends was, on he whether he quarantine. Yeah, he's, he was doing quarantine last week, right? So he will be ready to work with the group this week. Well, we'll get a good look at it Thursday. I, I would assume Thursday training will be still in New York, uh, and they'll fly on Friday. I think there's still precautions. You can't go too early. Um, I think still. I, maybe I don't know. Maybe things have changed. Well, no, no, no. They, one they, day. It's no, a one day. day. No protocol is one day. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll probably see on Thursday. So Thursday will be our best take on what's going on, because if if the if the other Brazilian Tiago landed on Saturday, which is what we think, five days quarantine gives him one training session after they fly in on Friday. So unless they train Friday in New York and then fly out, I guess they'll probably do that. Train in the morning and then fly out on Friday. So he would only have one training session in. But you know, if he thinks he's fit, he should definitely be on the on the bench anyway, because right. rather, than, rather Even, than a second goalkeeper. If, if he, right. No. And if, if he is clear by protocol to be with the group, I mean, most of the coaches, what we'll do is take him on the trip, even if you're not going to use him. So you can have him with the group. Yeah. True. He's mingled with the guys. He understands how that goes. He sees yeah. firsthand how the team operates and that helps him with the, with, with, with the, uh, with the adaptation to everything here, even if he is not going to be, you know, taken into consideration to play. But uh, yeah. Talis is the Talis is the one that I guess should be, if everything goes according to the plan, he should be ready to debut this uh, against LAFC. And we have to, I mean, he's, what has he played? One game so far this year because he's had all sorts of injuries. So he hasn't been, well, that was for Vasco da Gama. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see. Hopefully he's 100% fit and uh, he'll be able to go and, you know, give the team at least 20 minutes uh, against LAFC. And let's see what he's got. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I mean, just based on the videos and the hype videos, because that's what they are, that uh, we were able to to see online. I mean, the guy looks like he's, you know, an exciting player that he wants to go and take people on and he's not afraid and, and he likes to go and do it with some flair along with everything else. So uh, that should be fun. Well, the one thing I'll say is if he's not working, uh, I, I don't we, I don't think we've seen him play enough unless some of you have. Uh, if he doesn't work both sides of the ball, if he doesn't work hard defensively, he won't play very much. But that's part, that's, that's part of the process, Glenn, to, yeah. 
to adapt to this league. I mean, the physicality for them is is, right. is jump, is a jump. The physicality on this league, the yes, the two sides of the ball. You see in it, for example, in the Galaxy, in LA Galaxy, with the French guys. I mean, they need to learn that they had to come back. And if you're a winger in this league, you have to come back and help with the defensive side of the game. It's just there's no way you're just gonna you know sit there and wait for me to throw you the ball because it's not gonna happen. So. And it takes time, and these are, you know, young kids, and they're. But it has ups and downs, and 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 I was thinking the way that you were guys talking, and I guess both approaches are valid. I mean, if he takes him and gave him some minutes to debut against LAFC, or if he decided, why I'm going to put this guy through all of this while we have a break in front of us. Yeah, you know, yeah, let's keep sure. him home, working on his physical stuff, and then when we come back, he can work on the field with us, and he will be ready to debut with with better elements. But I mean, both approaches, I think, are valid. Yeah, you, you almost want to have him there in the event you need something, and you know, you don't have, you know, no offense to Tony Rocha, but you know, you need something off the bench where maybe they can create something, and uh, you know, I've seen Rocha take some. Uh, pretty vicious shots for the outside. I mean, I don't, you know, he's not, uh, he's not inept, you know, Tony's a good, uh, well, he's been a good soldier, you know, much like Ibiaga, you know, because he can play, uh, you know, multiple positions and, you know, I just, uh, but, but that's the way I would look at it. You know, if, if you really didn't have, you know, anything off the bench again, and you're going out to LA against a team that might be uh, finding its form based on, uh, you know, what I watched the other day. Uh, you know, they, they're starting to sizzle a bit. They're home. We're going to have a larger crowd. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. No, yeah. Every time every time you play on that stadium, it's awesome. I mean, the yeah. field is fantastic to play. The atmosphere is beautiful. I mean, there's no way a, a player is not motivated to play for that team or against that team because it's beautiful to be there and have that crowd on you or against you. That's, that's totally fine. The time of the game is five. I mean, I know Bob Bradley will say good games are eight o'clock at nine, pitch wet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, you got to deal with, with, with that. It's, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, but I, I think it's going to be a two, good game. Yeah, 2 o'clock out there, 5. That time has changed. I'm sure everybody's heard about it by now that's listening. But that is hey, Glenn, time. let's – you, you mentioned the, the table. The good news on that, can I just give you one quick yeah. bit of good news here on that? The high temperature on Saturday in L.A. is going to be 73 degrees. So it's not going to be that scorching heat that uh, can be. Like right now in L.A., it's 82. So uh, it's going to be a coolish sort of day in L.A. Yeah, so that's that, typical that May. Help. That's typical May. That's why they schedule those games yeah. this weekend at one o'clock. Next weekend at two. It's just the the schedule that always perturbed me was, uh, and especially early on, the uh, the Hudson River Derby was like the marquee. You know, it just became that marquee thing early on. And how how often did MLS schedule one p.m. on a Saturday or Sunday? And I don't want to hear about TV. Well, figure it out. Don't do it on Sunday if you're conflicted with the the NFL or whatever else is going on. Play it Saturday night. None, nonetheless, the number of you know the number of Hudson River derbies at one p.m. in July or whenever the hell they were. Oh, next weekend is even worse, Glenn. 
What's next weekend? Oh. Champions League final. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Why not there are go three ahead ahead? MLS games that are scheduled up against the Champions at, League. At the same time. Unbelievable. Yeah, which is insane. I mean, you see all these changes. I mean, every day, every day you go into your inbox, there's a schedule change. You know, a time, a date. A, they could they could have done something with that. Whatever. It, it, I, I don't get it. Whatever. I don't get it. It wasn't like somebody was surprised with the fact that Champions League is being played this weekend at, uh, at what is it, 2.30, 3 o'clock? Yep. Well, hey, let's hey guys, let's take a few minutes and talk about the table. Len brought it up earlier, and you know, it wasn't that long ago that New York City was at the top of the table, and it's still very early on in the season. But it just shows you how tight things are. As City now sit on eight points in sixth place. New England, Orlando, Philly, your top three. And Glenn, uh, to your earlier point, there's just three points that separate third place Philadelphia and ninth place Miami in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and look, New England, Orlando, Philadelphia. I, you know, I just, I don't see them falling off. You know, I don't, I don't see any extended slumps there. You know how MLS like traditionally has been. You know, almost everybody plays five hundred ball, but that's not the case anymore. And I just don't see those three three sides faltering. So let's just say that they stay solid. You look at the rest of it, Nashville, Atlanta, New York City, Columbus, Red Bulls, Miami, Montreal, Toronto is well down the pack right now. You figure they'll recover, but uh, that's a lot of teams fighting for like four spots. But yeah, four spots. So that's why I thought it was pretty interesting. Well, the thing that's going to wind up being key, especially once uh, you come back from um, Gold Cup, and, and, and that's going to be depth because then you're going to be start playing a lot of uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday games. And if you're going to just play your starters all the time and not trust your bench, then you're, you're going to wind up suffering at some point. So if you have a stronger bench, then those teams, I think, will do a lot better as the season progresses towards the end of the season. And for a league that... Um is known and publicized and we all know of because of their power up front and supposedly um, plans to not reinforce the defense. So there will be a lot of goals. You have New England, Philadelphia, Atlanta, New York City, Miami, New York Red Bulls, DC United, Toronto, Chicago, Cincinnati, all having problems finishing plays and scoring goals. <laughs> it's, it's just... Well, but why bother I mean, with I the love facts it, where going up against somebody's theory? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's crazy. It's just crazy what the, some of the outsiders think that uh, happens here. So we only like talking East. General managers and coaches uh, are in on all of this, and uh, they don't have to worry about their jobs or anything because uh, you know the league has told them that they want them to score a lot of goals. Like their jobs aren't on the line if they don't get results somehow, and play and coaches aren't going to coach to try to get a result, whatever whatever it is or however they want to do it. 
It's crazy. Crazy. Which is why we have to help change that narrative. Which is why I wind up doing a lot of that or trying to on to social media. No, well, that's that's fine if you don't feel that you have some sort of an obligation to do that. Zero. And, and that, 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 that is fine. But people should know the reality of things. And shouldn't we shouldn't allow the people who don't know anything about the league or and then wind up talking about it without knowing about the league have the the brunt of the conversation or have the lead on the conversation and that people are listening to them because that, that's not the way it should be. What did you think of the uh, I don't know if you heard the interview, but Max Veeman, who's the Swedish reporter from Malmo that was on with me with Anton Tennerholm. He basically said straight up, he goes, Tinnerholm's not on the Euros roster for Sweden because he plays at MLS. I mean, he kind of said it a little nicer than that. But uh, and then, you know, that got some response like, hey, that's that's old news. And uh, but we don't know. We don't know the Swedish national team staff and what they think of MLS and whether Tinnerholm over here, uh, they, they, they don't get a close enough look at him. I don't know. I mean. You would think that's I mean, but naive, but is that a factor? It has, it has, yes, it, it is a factor, but it has different ways to look at it. I mean, one, as much as respected of the of the of the journalist is, it can come from a place of prejudgment, not yeah. knowing himself oh, yeah. what's going on. I mean, I just know this yeah. and I say it, but you don't even understand what's going on here. Well, that that right? could that could well be. And he called it that. He called it that league. That league. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So I know. Yeah. Is it that? Does I mean, he know? League, does he know his how? His league the, is not a fantastic league to start with. No. No. I know it isn't. But so, it's. Uh, you uh, know. I I could have followed up, but I just thought let's just keep. You know. I, yeah, I just didn't think it was necessary because I, I didn't know where it was going to go. Right. I asked Anton. But as John he, says, there's a lot of prejudgment about this league, and. Uh, you don't know what really goes into whatever individual managers actually think or how much they scout or how much they don't. And a lot of them may feel the same way that the, uh, the journalist feels. Without, you don't know how much homework they do when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, you don't. There's some that do. Obviously, you look at the – you look between CONCACAF and CONMEBOL – Conmebol winds up calling a lot of players up from MLS. If they they thought that MLS was brutal, they wouldn't do that, right? But there's a lot of players from Conmebol that wind up uh, that come up from from MLS and play and play and play important roles. There's players that go to Europe all the time that play. Yeah, but it all depends so, too, Roberto. It's it's just, the thing is that concept of because he's there that is prejudgment totally because it is I think. Uh, an individual and an independent analysis regarding which team are we talking about? Which, nas which national team are we talking about, right? I mean, let's say ever in top form. He's not going to be on the Brazilian national team. Not because he's playing here. It's just because Brazil has so much, so many players that he's not going to be there, period, right? So that's why we're seeing players from Ecuador, uh, from Peru, from Paraguay that are going, for example, talking uh, Conmebol that you mentioned, from MLS, because they're different kind of processes, right? But at the same time, sometimes um, it's, not, it's not even the uh, style of play or the level of play. It's just we have here what many other leagues and many other nations don't have in terms of taking care of players. 
So you have protocols, you have rules that you had to comply with, you have, right? And sometimes for, for some teams, for some teams managers, for, for some coaches, that is not important. So I don't care if you had to travel three days to play with me. If you want it, you're going to do it, right? And in here, you had to come in, you had to be yourself on quarantine after you come in, or you had to follow this rule. And that is a little, you know, that's, that's a hurdle, depending, again, on each program, on each national team, on each uh, on a federation. So, uh, yes, in part, is prejudgment. In part, is even when they do the homework, they don't want to go through everything that means to be part of this league and comply with everything that you had to comply. And then some of it is just, like you said, they don't even do the homework. So there's no one thing fits all. Exactly. Let, let's remember, speaking of Tati Castellanos, I mean, well, he didn't get on... 30 minutes ago. Well, I know, but but he didn't get on Argentina's <laughs> U23 radar until that is he was a, in MLS. That's, a, that's, the, that's one of the great non-sequiturs of all time. Speaking of Tati, Tati Kasi, we talked about him in the first minute. Well, that's you fine, say, but we're talking we about national about teams. Him, we? It, was <laughs> this, it was this podcast. Was a little right. closer. Yep, yep. All right, we're there. I, I'm with podcast. you. But again, he wasn't on the radar for Argentina's U23 team until he was playing here. He wasn't I mean, on never the radar played of in Argentina. anybody. He wasn't on the radar of anybody. Nobody right. knew him in Argentina because he was out of his small town to a small team in Chile and from Chile to a second division team in Uruguay and from right. that here. So nobody knew about him. Right, and so that's my point. And then he came yeah. here, and the Argentina's U23 team found him, or you know, obviously saw him. And then for that, uh, he was—he's been on their team. He's been on their radar. And he's ever not since. going to the Olympics. <laughs> so if uh, so, Tom was referring to the uh, the conference table. Uh, if you go to the West, so the next opponent is at LAFC. Uh, we talked about the crowd there in the stadium. It's, it's awesome. Uh, even if it's not packed, they're so tight. They're so close to the field. But the LAFC right now below the red line in the Western Conference. I talked about the, the East going to be fun this summer. Yeah, I suppose the West will be too. You know, you got, and ahead of them are Salt Lake, San Jose, Portland, Colorado, Houston, LA. That's the Galaxy. Uh, Sporting KC in Seattle. So, uh, well, Seattle's just on a different level than everybody else right now. Yeah. Well, so uh, LAFC, I think, look, they've got the, it looks like Vela looked healthy. Uh, Rossi uh, got the brace. He looked very sharp. And, uh, and John, they have a, you know, a couple of different working parts now. You know, Corey Baird has become a, a central figure in the attack. And, you know, he's a guy that kind of fell out of favor at RSL, I think, you know, and, it, and, Something was something was happening there, which didn't quite jive. But boy, he's uh, he's fit into Bob Bradley's system pretty well. It happens, you know this. It happens on the life of a footballer. I mean, look at what Adrian Perez is doing with this United. He didn't even have you know two games in a row playing with uh, uh, LAFC, and now with this right. United, he isn't taking every single advantage that he can of the opportunity of all the injuries that they are having. 
same thing here. I mean, Cody Bear wasn't brought into LAFC to be a starter, but he's taking advantage of it and he's putting the work and he's doing what he can and he's helping the team. And at some point, he's not going to be the starter anymore, but he is doing what he has to do, which is taking advantage of every single minute. And then when he doesn't start, it's Daniel Masofsky, you know, another one who you didn't expect. And he earned exactly. his stripes, uh, you know, last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it just uh, I go back to Bob Bradley and just how he operates and how he manages the team. And, you know, you, you might expect him to go a different way, but, you know, it's just whoever's playing. Right. Totally. Yeah, now they, what they had to do is, I mean, it's not a concern for NYCFC, but they still had to resolve what's going on and what's going to happen with, with Brian Rodriguez. Right. Because he, he's on loan with Almeria. He's not playing that much. Um, hmm. Almeria is playing the, the playoffs, trying to get uh, the promotion to La Liga. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard task because it's, uh, it's four teams playing for only one spot, but they started very well. I mean, they're, they're playing today. They're playing right now, actually, and they're winning two nothing at halftime. And, but Brian is not playing. Brian is not part of that. He's having issues. He got into, a almost a fight with a teammate on, uh, the previous to last game because who, who wanted to take up a, a free kick and they ended up almost, you know, on, on a fight, <laughs> two teammates. And, uh, and not only that, but the teammate that he tried to fight with was, uh, is, uh, you know, the start of the team. So yeah. I know there's this clause in which if they win the promotion, they will have to buy uh, Brian Rodriguez uh, rights. Uh, but the guy said already in Uruguay that he doesn't want to come back to LA. So, so I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm just looking at this. It says that he's suspended for a red card, so that's why he might not be in the 18 today. Yeah, no, but when when I said he's not playing, it's because he's not playing that much since he got. There. Yeah, no, I get that. It's just minutes. It's just a couple of minutes. He's not being a consistent, not even from the bench, like. You know, like the first substitution every game or something. He's not playing that much. Well, a lot yeah. of huge games uh, globally, John. And I, you know, I'm surprised you don't have your Marcelo uh, uh, Bielsa uh, bobblehead in front of you or whatever statue or whatever. I know yeah. you have your mate, so maybe that that's acting as a symbolic representation. But uh, John pointed out to me today. He goes, "You know who used to manage Lil Lil wins the uh, you know Liga ahead of PSG." And it was uh, Bielsa who uh, set the table a little bit for their resurgence, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was there only for six months. But he was in charge of, of rebuilding the roster. He was the one who uh, put his face to tell the old boys, you know what, I'm sorry, but you're right, finish here. <laughs> and then he started bringing younger players for that, for, for that Lille. And he... he was that only for six months because of a um, very interesting situation. Um, a friend of his who was working with the Chilean national team, when he was working with the, as, a, as a Chilean national team coach, was dying. 
and he asked legal owners to give him permission to go and see him in Chile for a, a weekend. And they say no. And he got a word that the guy was getting, his health was getting worse and worse. And he said, you know what? I'm going because friends and, and life and family is more important for me than job. So whatever you want to do with me is, is on you, but I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fail to my friend. The guy died. So he actually went to see his, his friend dying. And when he came back, Leo started an investigation on Marcelo because he left his job, you know, without permission. Yeah. And then they decided to fire him. That's horrific. The, That's terrible. And the, the, the thing with that is that, of course, he started that revolution and that uh, change on roster there with younger guys. But he created really good connections with people around the organization. And when he moved to Leeds, he brought in with him the physical trainer from Leeds, who is a coach, physical trainer, and he was with Leeds for like 10 years. We're talking Benoit de Laval. So but now Lee, he, you're talking about Lille, not, not Leeds. Lille, Lille right? so he brought him from he brought Lille him to, Leeds. to Leeds. From Lille to Leeds, okay. Wow, Just yeah. want to be, right. be clear. So the so the current the, the current physical trainer in Leeds is Benoit Delabal, who was the physical trainer and who was with the team in charge when Marcelo wasn't there on Lille. Well so at well, the end of the day, you know he's having what he is looking for, which is good relationships and, and people over anything else. And a good physical trainer for the way they want to play. That's pretty. Of uh, course, that's pretty. Yeah, great physical that's key. Trainer. Yeah, that is key. That's key. And it's, and it's part. Of, and it's <laughs> part of that. I mean, he, Marcelo gave three players an extra week of vacation, knowing that the last game wouldn't, you know, affecting anything, the position on the table. Those three players had some kind of, you know, lingering issues physically. Two of them had the chance to be on their national team rosters for the, for the Euros. So he talked to them and said, you know what? I want you away from here. Go, recover, have some off time. And if you are call up, then you're ready to go. That's taking care Great of for him. people. Because players right. are people. Would you say players so are So Tim Wea winds up winning um, for the third time now. Winds up winning... Uh, League one? League one. On or whatever league on, I can't speak yeah. French at all. Oh. So twice as a reserve uh, with PSG and now with uh, Lil. And it's Wea, not Wea. Wea. Yeah. By the way, you know that the kid. By the Wea. By the Wea. By the Wea. You know that the kid in Minnesota has nothing to do with them. I mean, I mean he's not blood related. Yeah, I think and that didn't we talk? We talk about it. Okay, maybe okay. it was. Yeah, we talked about it last maybe. week. It might have been okay. offline. I don't yeah. even remember. All right, and it's funny with that with, with that story because I um I had the legal jersey from that year that Marcelo was there because I had the chance of watching one training session in Lille with Marcelo on charge. That was fantastic. Hey, you guys were talking about uh, Rodriguez on loan. And uh, 
So I, I, I want to present this because I did some research. I didn't have time to do it on the broadcast. So I'm going to say, you know, the New York City has three low knees. So can I tell you how they're doing? Go ahead. Mine is asking to weigh out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you guys have some insight on uh, Matriza, but I'll save him for last. So Joe Scali plays for uh, Mochen Gladbach uh, on their reserve team, which is in the fourth division of Germany. Uh, 14 matches, 11 starts. How about this? Seven matches at right back, five at right midfield, two at left midfield. And he has one goal out of the back on May 15th. Uh, in a but match. he's not a loanee anymore. He's, not, he's theirs. I mean, he was loaned to New York City for the last year that he was in New York City. He's theirs. They All bought right. him. So and they I, loaned him to New York City. Okay, so I, I, I misrepresented what he is. So, yes, he's there. But everybody wonders what's going on with him. So Now, well, Juan, Pablo, I, 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 Juan Pablo Torres is loaned to Austin Bold, USL Championship. Uh, they've played just two matches, but he played 90 minutes in both, uh, a loss and a draw. And then Matriza, uh, Al-Ali, Saudi Arabia, 22 appearances, 16 starts, four goals. Three goals and three assists in his first nine games. Since then, one goal, two assists in his last 12. Most recent 5-1 loss to first place Al-Hilal, which is where Javinko plays. And... Uh, yeah, so Matriza. So what's I? You know, I you see all this stuff like he's not getting paid. He wants out. I mean, is any of that? Does anybody know that that's true or is that oh, anything? Just rumors. Just, oh, just you know, rumors. whatever. Okay. Whatever people is is hard to get real information from that side of the world. So okay. So we'll just anything, say uh, just the rumors. Yep. Now he's on loan till January of two thousand twenty-two. So the. The more important question is, does New York City expect to uh, bring him back after the loan? No one will say it. We haven't had anybody say anything. I've put the question out there and uh, the, you know, occasionally you just get a silent response. And that would be the case on this one. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a problem if he does come back because he's a DP. And as long as he's not here, he doesn't count against New York's uh, DP count. As long as nah, he's on nah, loan. Nah, nah, and nah, if nah, he nah, comes back... No, nah, it's not that easy. That's not going to happen. Like, he comes back. He has a contract. And if he right. wants the way out of that contract, they have to pay him that contract. There's no way he can come in if he is being paid. So he's not going to be on the roster. So he needs to find another spot to play. And that is on his agent and himself if he wants to leave the place that he asked to go to. So it's not like if he comes back because it's not going to happen. Well, so, so there's no point to this where he wants to terminate his contract there and uh, his team in Saudi Arabia says, fine, you, we're, we're done with your contract here and you can go. Then Who's what happens? The money? Where does he default Who's going to put the money? Who's going to put the money? Uh, again, there's a lot of times where those things happen right. where players right. get terminated. I don't know what happened. That's why he, I'm asking you. That's what I'm telling you. Who's going to lose the money? NYCFC cannot put that money because they are not... They have no way, shape, or form to bring him into the roster right now. So they're not, they cannot be on the hook for that money. You asked me to leave. I granted you to leave. Now you have an issue there. Come with a solution. That's what any uh, smart organization will do. So, yes, terminate your contract there and then go play. You know, if you want to go for free, it's your business. Go play whatever you want or don't play if you don't want to until we have the chance to bring you on our roster. 
It's not like I'm done, so let me, you know, play and pay me. Not gonna happen. I, I, you know, uh, the game was at Red Bull Arena last. The next three home games, by the way, are Red Bull Arena. So New York City fans get used to it. Uh, get your butts up and over to Red Bull Arena, unless. You have work that gets in the way, work commitments. You have other commitments, family commitments. If there's things that stand in the way, understood. Uh, if you can get there, just just get there, would you? And uh, that's that's my uh, that's okay. my editorializing. On that, that, that's your editorial on that. That's so your PSA. Have you been following <laughs> on the Facebook pages on the on no, the, I, I don't. the fans I who are still I don't do that. upset. Well, good. They could be upset, uh, and I know there was a big banner in the uh, behind the, in the supportive yeah. section that said, uh, "We're only here for the players," or whatever. It's is that what, something to that effect? Right. We're here only because of the players, which is which a, is fine. You know, they could yeah. they can be there just for the players. That's what they're supposed to be there. Yeah, well, for, that's right? that is my contention here. It's just like you're you're impacting the players who you right. seem to adore, supposedly support. So. You know, go go support them. You know, go support them. And uh, so the next three are Red Bull Arena, but uh, three thousand plus was the limited capacity uh, for for the game, and I I still don't quite understand that because up up till and now it's going to open up. I think it's going to be full next time they play. I think they're going to be able to open up the uh, the facility to uh, full attendance. I think based on what uh, Governor Murphy just announced today, we're recording this on. Um, what day is it? Monday. Monday. Uh, this, Still as Monday. Of this, as of this Friday, life is normal in New Jersey again. <laughs> if you're vaccinated and if you're not vaccinated, he's asking you still to, you know, wear a mask indoors and stuff. But no, no limits to the gatherings inside or outside. That's what it sounded like. So uh, but if if 20,000, if Red Bull Arena is 20,000 strong when it's under normal conditions, 30 percent of that is 6,000. So I don't understand why 3,000 was capacity. Anybody have any? Uh... No. Okay. Yeah, it, it no. could be like I don't know if they said it was um, twelve. I don't know if they said decided it was twelve percent. I, I don't know what the uh, what the restrictions are or the capacities lower than that that they have set. I don't know what's uh, that would make it fit. What's what's thirty percent of? Uh, I can't think of. It. That would only be <laughs> like. Uh... This is in a math show. Tom, help me! I can't. I can't. Come, well, it's twenty-five thousand, right? Twenty-five thousand. Ten percent is two thousand five hundred. Twenty percent would be five thousand. Thirty percent would be seventy-five hundred. But Red Bull Arena was—they uh, reduced capacity to twenty for for Red Bull games. So I don't know if they're going off of that. But anyway, that's the biggest uh, stadium in the neither world. Neither here nor there. I want yeah. to see attendance figures at everything, and the New York Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena uh, are have not have not posted one attendance figure 15 percent is allowed as of last week okay well that make then that's three thousand but so that's not mandatory every venue well, no, for, have the right to decide what they want but for red no, Bull, uh, based on state governments no yeah. the state government says 15 percent. then you can't go right but you that. can go you five can go if you under. want to yeah you, go you five can go five if you, if you want to you can be yeah but you can't that. go 25 well that makes it's 15 oh, percent no. of 20,000. so there's your three thousand so thank you very much thanks for right. for looking that glad up. we glad we cleared that up no, it was killing this me. one to a home. All right. All right. By the way, that was a Red Bulls. Can I just make a little bit of a just, just a slight correction? So the Red Bulls have said 15%, which is half of what Governor Murphy's executive order permits. So they could do they could have done 30. Red Bull decided 15, and I guess New York has to follow what Red Bull decides. 
Of All course. Right. There yeah. you have it. Okay. <laughs> Want to be accurate. All right. Roberto, accurate. let's go around the room. Where is the Spanish broadcast? Where can people listen to you and Ariel? All right. So, uh, obviously, we're going to have the broadcast, as always, on nycfc.com slash radio. Uh, we're going to have a Facebook Live in Spanish at 3.30 in the afternoon, 90 minutes before every game. We go for about half an hour, so it will be 3.30. And uh, they can follow it on my Facebook page, my official page, which is at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial, 1F. And uh, they've been fun to do. Uh, so we're going to do that again. And the radio broadcast, as I said, nycfc.com slash radio. Hit the Spanish. That takes you to tune in, make it favorite, and go from there. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing. All and, right. Uh, and then now that we're doing, um, I don't know what's happening with English. So Glenn will tell us what's there. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz and on Instagram at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial. All right, Glenn, tell us. All right. Well, while, since we've been on here recording this, uh, Columbus Crew midfielder Lucas Zellerayan voted MLS Player of the Week. Thanks, thanks, to, the two play- thanks to the two-player <laughs> wall with a five-foot-three Max Morales <laughs> in the wall. Oh, baby. All right. Yeah, the English broadcast, same as uh, Spanish. Start time will be 445 Eastern. For the pregame at 4 p.m. Eastern, we will have a Facebook Live on the New York City FC Facebook page. We do have a surprise in store, and I want to confirm it double before uh, I, uh, I put it out there. But uh, we'll have a big surprise, a surprise guest uh, before the LAFC game on this uh, Facebook Live. I'm at Glenn Crooks, and uh, uh, coming up on my SiriusXM FC show, it's... Um, there's a book called What Happened to the U.S. Men's National Team, The Ugly Truth About the Beautiful Game. It's written by Steve Mandis and Sarah Parsons Walter, and uh, they're going to be my guests. I'm going to interview them tomorrow morning, so I don't have any uh, insight other than I have to uh, read the book tonight and tomorrow morning <laughs> so that I'm ready for the interview. So there you have it. So you know what I'm doing after the podcast. Yeah, you're downloading Audible and you're gonna listen to it. No, no, I, I'm a I'm a reader. I'll skim it. You know, I'll skim it and look for good. All right, John Ross. Uh, we've got a little bit more news. I'm sorry, just a oh. little bit more news. What so now? we're not uh, all. There's not going to be uh, open practice for media this Thursday. So um, everything's going to be virtual again. So for this week, so we're not going to get a chance to go and. Uh, See players, only 15 minutes are going to be open Tuesday and Wednesday, and I guess they're traveling on Thursday, and so that's that. So they just made the announcement. So no media at practice, really. Okay. All right, John Rojas. Um, before I leave, I just want to give some homework to Roberto. We need oh, you, good. Roberto, to talk oh, to your, your protege, protected player. Who is Glenn? In NYCFC roster, who is Roberto's protected player? Prote- who is Roberto's? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I guess Castellanos. No. It's even worse than that. Zalalem. Yes. Oh. We, need the no- we need the number 23 jersey, Roberto. People can follow me on jrojas875. <laughs> that is on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Is I, that I, for what for what player needs that? Oh, that's for Rodriguez. 
But oh. when he gets here, eventually, all right, all right. at some point, right. yeah. I was only yep. half listening. To I was looking up. I was looking at the reason uh, we weren't going to press. No, no, no. Uh, I know it's a. Uh, it's uh, not exactly like Michael Jordan is coming, by the way, and he needs his twenty-three back. That's the reason, right. by the way. For Glenn, Roberto, and John, Michael. I'm Tom. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City.